0: One of the scriptures that we have focused on throughout this series is 3rd John verse 2. And it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And we know from this verse that God wants us to prosper, that he wants us to be blessed in all things. Everybody say all things. All things. He wants every area of our life to be blessed. He also wants our body to be healthy. He wants our body to be strong. But you'll notice that, again, these things are contingent upon our soul prospering. In other words, our material prosperity, our physical prosperity, prosperity in every area of our life is directly connected to our spiritual prosperity. In other words, we're growing spiritually. We're feeding ourselves the Word of God. We're maturing in the Word of God. As we do that then all these other areas are affected by it. And uh, what did the Bible say? Jesus told us that if we seek first the kingdom of God, if we put Him first in every area of our life, what does that mean? Every area of your life. That means you live and breathe by the Word of God, by what God reveals to you in His Word, by what God reveals to you personally, by the Spirit of God. Uh, God's Word's the same for all of us, But in our individual lives, the Lord deals with us in in different ways and in different things in our life. We all are at different levels, and we all have different personalities, different issues, different troubles, different situations. But in all those things, if we are willing and we are obedient, what does the Bible say? We will eat the good of the land. We will be blessed. Amen? Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed going somewhere to happen. Amen. You ought to consider yourself blessed looking for places to be a blessing. Amen. That's what it's all about to be blessed and then pass that blessing on to help others, to be a blessing to others. Praise God. Now, last week we looked at stewardship and how we are simply stewards of God's stuff. And we emphasized last week that God is the source of everything. And it is important that we remind ourselves of that, that we ourselves haven't produced anything without Him. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus said, you can do nothing without me, but I can do all things in Him. In other words, He is the source of life. He is the source of all things. The Bible makes it very clear that God made all things, that He owns all things. Why does He own all things? Because He made it. He's the one that created it. Therefore, all of it is His. The earth is the Lord's, the Bible says, and the fullness thereof. That means everything in the earth belongs to Him. Who does it belong to? It belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to you and it doesn't belong to me. The Bible makes it clear it belongs to Him. You and I are stewards or managers of His stuff. And see, if we make life more about Him and eternal things and spiritual things and less about the earth, that would be easier. But sometimes we're so consumed in making a dollar, buying new stuff, upgrading, living life, in other words, on this earth, on this planet, and absorbed by what's on this planet, we forget there's more than this planet. Remember the scripture we looked at last week, 1 Timothy 6-7. We carried nothing into this world we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we're going to carry nothing out you brought nothing with you nothing you're naked right just like a baby you're naked nothing you brought nothing and you had to be taken care of on every level you did nothing and yet when you leave this earth guess what you're gonna leave naked with nothing you're gonna leave now in other words this earth is just temporary It's a temporary place for us to uh, grow up, do what God's called us to do, and move on. We need to give more stock towards eternal things, towards spiritual things that matter. You may not be able to carry anything out of this world, but what's one thing you can impact? You can impact the spiritual eternal lives of people. In other words, I may not be able to take any physical things out of this world, but I can take a lot of spiritual things out with me, right? I can tell other people about Jesus, save them, uh, spare them from going to hell by sharing the good news with them. They receive Jesus, and they're, what? It's, they're living um, in eternity with me. So in other words, we need to remember eternity is more important that not to get lost in things. That's why Jesus said, don't get lost in living like the world. Don't get lost in just living to make a buck, to take a vacation, to do this, to do this, to ultimately retire and die. If that's all your life is about, you're missing it. A life is about what? Seeking first the kingdom of God, eternal things, spiritual things first, and all these things that we're here that we need while, we, while we're here, our Heavenly Father knows what things we need of. He knows the things you desire, and He will be glad to give them to you. Just don't put the needs or the desires before Him. And that's a big challenge. You know, it's funny that um, as we grow and we get more prosperous, <laughs> these things can maybe take a greater bite out of your life. In other words, some of you might understand the more things you add in your life, uh, the more barns you build, so to speak, to store your stuff. You know, what does that do to you? It absorbs more of your life, right? We need to consider, maybe I need to get rid of some things in my life, you know? Um, maybe I, you know, I was talking to um, Philip a, a while back, and he shared with me how he got rid of a boat, um, and that he had and he enjoyed the boat i'm sure he did who wouldn't enjoy a boat you know if it's working and it has no holes um but he enjoyed the boat but he also realized the boat was absorbing part of his life you know you have to maintain things even if when you don't use them you know, you have to take care of them. They absorb your life. Somebody say, I want a giant yard. Well, guess what? That giant yard needs to be taken care of, right? I want a huge house. Well, guess what? That huge house has to be taken care of. So in other words, we have to consider that our life, how much are we going to give to the Lord and how much are we want to be responsible for all the things around us? You know, you have to make that decision. You know, Larry made the same decision like he did. He got rid of, I don't. I think he got rid of a boat and he got rid of a, a big old camper he had because he realized, I can't use these things. How am I, the only time he could use them is on the weekend and he wants to be at church. And so here's this battle right there, you know. What do I do? Well, he decided, no, I want to seek first the kingdom. And so he decided, I'm just going to get rid of these things. They're not as important to me, you know. And so all of us need to deal with that. Look with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Real quickly in your Bibles. I want you to see this verse with your own eyes. We went over it last week, but I really felt like we need to look at it again. Deuteronomy 8, 18. I encourage you to memorize this verse. Get it in your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And you shall remember... All right, is this a command from the Lord? You're to remember, by say remember. So what does remember mean? Don't forget, okay? You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. So who's our source? The Lord, God. See, sometimes we can live life and forget he's the source for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be prosperous, but he also has a purpose for it. And that purpose is to establish his covenant. He wants us to be able to be big givers. He wants us to be able to fulfill the Great Commission, to go into all the world, to be a blessing. And all this, what, takes finances. It takes uh, material blessings. Well, the fact is, God is all for that, but we need to remember He is the one who's given us the power to get wealth. He gave us the talents, the ability, the uh, the witty ideas, uh, the, 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 the knowledge, all these things. He's the source of all these things, all of it. And the more we remember that, the better we are. The more we praise Him and honor Him and remember He is the source of blessing. He is the source of my life. And aren't you glad that you're not? I'm glad I'm not the source of my life. He's the source of my life. He is my provider. He is the Lord, my shepherd. Therefore, I'm not going to want for anything. Right? He's my shepherd. He's my provider. And so remember, He is the Lord our God who gives us the power to get wealth. As we mentioned, God owns everything, He created everything. What He did for you and I is He gave us authority to steward the earth. Now, we talked about this last week. What is the definition of a steward? Well, the dictionary defines a steward as a manager. In other words, one who directs the affairs of another. Or um, he may account for things. He manages things. He, uh, uh, he keeps accounts for someone else. He's responsible uh, for things. Well, the principle of stewardship is very, very important in our lives. It is so important. Jesus implied this. He didn't just imply it. He actually said it. I'm paraphrasing. That handling money is the basic foundation in our spiritual growth. In other words, how we handle money is connected to us spiritually and our, or our spiritual responsibility. In other words, handling finances well is the most basic area of spiritual growth. And a lot of the times, people don't pay attention to money. Well, that's, that's money. That's of the earth. That's Uh, That's filthy lucre. uh, That that has nothing to do with spiritual things. But that's not the way Jesus sees it. The master sees it differently. He sees our responsibility, our handling, our good stewardship of it, a sign that we can handle greater things. Now, what's the greater things? Spiritual things. And so our handling of just natural, normal things in life is directly connected to what we're going to manage spiritually. Now, I also told you that a steward gets paid to manage the goods and services of someone else. So therefore, we can conclude that a good steward is going to be paid well. If you manage the things God places in your hands well, he's going to pay you for that. He's going to to make sure that you are paid according to the level of authority and responsibility that he placed in your hands. That's very, very important because how many of you want increase? Anybody here not want increase? Don't put your hand up. Anybody want increase? Everybody wants increase. No one's out. I don't want no more. I've never heard anybody. I don't want no more money. No, no, no more money. I want want more money. I'm okay with that. I'm going to admit that in my life. I'm not seeking it, but I'm welcoming it. Okay? But guess what? With that comes more responsibility, more authority. That's what people don't like. There's a lot of people in life that don't like that idea. I don't want to work hard. I don't want to be responsible for anymore. And so they'll live life in a corner somewhere saying, I'm just satisfied with my little job and my little pension. I won't bother you. You don't bother me, and I'll retire that way and stay in my corner. Now, what they don't realize is that is a selfish attitude. Boy, there's not a lot of people smiling in here over that one. But that is a selfish attitude. You should be wanting increase, wanting more responsibility. Why? So you can be a greater blessing. Amen? But God's not going to add to someone who's not doing anything with what they already got. Why would you... Let me ask you this. If you had someone who worked for you, okay... And they're slothful. Every time you turn around, you have to tell them something new to do. You you always find them hiding in a corner somewhere. Are they going to be the ones that you want to add finances to? That you're going to look for ways to maybe get out of your own pocket and make sure they got more? No. In fact, you're looking at ways to get rid of them. Why? Because you're a burden to me. You're know, you not helping me, right? Well, when you work for someone else, guess what your job is? your job is to make them rich. Now, if you want to turn that around, start your own business and then people will work for you and you'll say, what's your job (laughs) to make me rich, you know? Right. But when you work for someone else, that's your job. Don't complain about your salary. Don't whine about it. Instead, work harder. Find ways to be a greater blessing. Come Ask God to give you witty ideas, to, to, to open doors before you no man can shut. And in that faithfulness, guess what? God will reward you. And if that person won't see it, God will move you somewhere else where he can, he can do greater things in you. In other words, boy, I tell you, don't use, your, don't use your job as an excuse why you don't do more. You know, that's just not right. Because God, open a, God can open a door no man can shut, amen? He can get you a different job, amen? I distinctly remember that there's nothing my God couldn't do, right? So don't limit God by your words and say, well, he just can't do any more in my life. Our, listen to this statement, listen closely. Our level of faithfulness as a steward is directly connected to the level of authority we will have in this life. Let me say that again because it's very important. Our level of faithfulness as a steward, whatever we're doing right now, is directly connected to the level of authority we will have in this life. You're not going to get any more. God is, the Bible says that God places all authority. So in other words, if he's involved in that, and think about all the, the things that work. You reap what you sow. I mean, there's so many things that work here that it's, it's there. You can say, well, I know a place where the, the boss is a jerk. He's always hiding in a corner. He's been doing it for a long time. Listen to me. Let me Listen to me carefully. Are you telling me God's word doesn't work? That you, you don't reap what you sow? In other words, his sin will find him out. It will eventually come out, and he'll lose his shirt. See, it always looks like the wicked are getting away with things, does it not? It looks like they're getting away with things, but their days are numbered. Trust me. But see, it's not my job to make sure that that happens. Amen? We'll let the judge of all the earth take care of that. But the fact is, we're to do our part. Remember that quote I mentioned to you last week by Lynn Miller. Listen carefully. Stewardship is the act of organizing your life so that God can spend you. I love that. Think about what that's saying. I look at my life as I'm spendable to God. God, what do you want to do? So what does that mean? Do I just busy up my life where God just doesn't have any room to work? Or do I figure out how can I give God maximum room in my life? You know, it might be easier to hire someone else to mow your lawn so it frees up your time. You say, well, that's spending money. Yeah, but is that good stewardship? Think about it now. See, somebody might say, well, that's not good stewardship. You're wasting that money that could have went somewhere else. Well, on the other hand, if I spend all my time taking care of my lawn so I don't have any time to give to the Lord, what's the best use of my time? I could believe God for the money to pay someone else, and I don't sit around in my home and sit there fanning myself. No, what do I do? I take that time and I give it to the Lord. That would be a good steward. And that's really the opposite of a lot of people's thinking. They, they absorb themselves with chores until literally every moment of every day is absorbed. I know people like that right now. I know people that are so absorbed in life, they don't have any free time hardly. Because all of it is absorbed in chores. Boy, that's good preaching, guys. And see, there's no room for the Lord. They can't give any time to the Lord because they're absorbed with chores. All right, let's jump into tonight. That was just the appetizer, all right? All right, I'm gonna tell you a story that Jesus told. I'm just gonna paraphrase it. If you wanna write this down, this is the story of the shrewd steward in Luke 16, uh, verses one through nine. But I'm just gonna paraphrase the story for you real quickly. Jesus tells this story about a shrewd manager, or steward, as we've been talking about, who works for this businessman. And this steward has been cheating. He's been dishonest, and he's been siphoning money, been embezzling money uh, from the owner, and he's been pocketing it and doing his thing. Well, the owner finally gets wind, probably through someone else telling gets wind, something's wrong, he does some inspecting and finds out this steward has been robbing him. Maybe he's been taking his money. And so he goes to the steward and he basically tells the steward, listen, I want you to get all the accounting records right because I want to see it myself and then I'm firing you. And so the steward gets in a panic, freaking out. What am I going to do? I mean, I I don't want to dig ditches. He doesn't want to work physical labor. Um, he doesn't absolutely want to beg. That would be embarrassing. So in other words, he doesn't really want to work at all. He wants to find the same kind of thing he's been doing. And so he thinks to himself, what am I going to do? I'm about to be fired, and i got to get these records right. I know what I'll do. I'm going to go ahead and make things real good between me and all the people that do business with my owner so that when he fires me, they'll take me in. They'll feel so obliged because I gave them such sweet deals that they'll have to work with me. So he started calling some of these businessmen, and he called them up one at a time, and he said, come on in, how much do you owe um, the owner, my master? And they would say, you know, I owe him $1,000. Hey, write me a check for 500 right now. We'll call it even. And so the next, he gets the next guy and he says, how much do you owe? He says, I owe about 500 Write a check for 400 right now. Call it even. Now he's giving these guys bargains, deals, left and right. And so why is he doing all that? So when the guy fires him, he can go up and call him on the carpet. Hey, remember that deal I gave you? Come on now. And they're going to feel obliged to, you know, help him out and maybe get him a job, give him a place to stay and so on when he runs out of money. Well, Jesus tells this story And he actually commends the guy for what he's doing. Now, right now you can, wait a minute now. You're telling me Jesus is giving the thumbs up on someone being deceitful and cheating and all? Well, I'm going to read to you just a little part of the scripture, okay? Don't look at your Bibles. I'm just going to read this out of the New Living Translation. This is verses 8 and 9. This is what Jesus said. After he told the story, he said the rich man had to admire. So in other words, the boss guy had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. It is true that the children of this world are more shrewd. Now everybody knows what the word shrewd means. It means clever, okay? Sharp, all right? That the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of light. In the kingdom of God. Here's the lesson Jesus said, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. In other words, they'll bring you in. In other words, you rub my back, I'll rub your back, right? Is that not the way the world works? I- am I wrong? That's exactly how the world works. That's how everything works in this world. That's how someone gets to be, pardon me, in a high position. You know? You don't just get put in certain positions in the White House and in other areas. I promise, you did something for somebody somewhere and someone, you know, or big campaign donors. What are they doing? Or lobbyists. They're they're buying things, they're they're getting, they're they're, they're almost making somebody feel guilty for not helping them for everything they did for them. So in other words, amazingly, Jesus is saying this story and he's basically praising the guy. And, And again, as I know you're thinking, wait a minute now, the guy was dishonest He was going around everybody's back. He was tricking the system, so to speak. He was lying and cheating. And yet Jesus is saying that this was good. (laughs) And now, let me explain something to you. Jesus is not excusing the dishonesty or the stealing. He's not saying the dishonesty or stealing is okay. He's making a point. Now listen closely. This man used his position and his talent. And it's finances to make friends, to influence people, so that they would feel obligated to help him in the future. Now, again, you're still thinking, that still seems a little deceitful. It still seems, work with me. Jesus said this. He said, the people in the world deal wisely in the world. They use their wealth, their power to influence, to better their future. In other words, even though they're dishonest, they're thieves, they're cheaters, and their motives are wrong and selfish, they work hard and use wealth to build influence. In other words, they use their wealth and resources to accomplish their desire and build a better future for themselves. Now, all of it's selfish, am I right? All of it's deceitful, it's cheating, it's stabbing in the back, it's stepping on people, but here's the big idea. And this is the the thing that Jesus is trying to show all of us. Jesus is simply encouraging us that we should put forth the same effort through stewardship and building the kingdom of God. He's not saying it's okay that the guy is cheating and thieving. He's saying, look at how hard he works. Look at how much effort he puts into it. And yet what he said, remember that scripture earlier when I told you? That the children of this world work the world's system real well, but the children of the light, they don't do so well. In other words, what's the difference? The world works harder. The children of light, the people of God, eh, a little bit lazy, a little bit sluggish. You know, maybe they're just, well, the Lord will do it if he wants it done. You know, if it's the will of God, it'll happen. Am I right? What is Jesus saying? Why don't you put in stewardship of what's been put in your hand work as hard or even harder than those in the world that steward for purely selfish purposes? See, isn't our cause greater than the world? Our cause is what? Eternal. Right? Our cause is the greatest cause. Yet, we can be in this process and kind of, sort of, work at it. Do okay, you know, but always looking for the break, always looking for the easy way out. And Jesus is saying we shouldn't be that way. The children of light should work harder at being good stewards of what puts, what's been put in their hands than the world does for their own selfish benefit. And we're not doing it for our own selfish benefit. We're doing it to build the kingdom of God. We have the greatest purpose in life, guys. The greatest thing before us. Think of all that Jesus has done for us. Think about it now. He, did, he came and left the glory of heaven to be born as a baby. To give up all of his godly powers. To be beaten, whipped, broken down, stabbed. To go on a cross, to die, to go to hell for you and I, and we can be so apathetic about it. We can be so just going through life and not even thinking about it too much. The great, I mean, we serve a God who's so good to us, so wonderful to us, a Lord who had given everything to us, and yet. When it comes to stewardship, the things that he put in our hands, when it comes to stewarding him, we can be somewhat apathetic. We can be a little sluggish about it and not think this really belongs to the Lord. I need to do my best with it. I need to do my best with it. You see what I'm talking about? I need to work extra hard. That doesn't mean I work in the sense of I'm producing. But what I'm saying is I'm actually praying, Lord, How can I spend my money better? Lord, show me different ways that I can do better with what's yours. Because remember, who does it all belong to? Remember, you brought nothing into this world and you're carrying nothing out. So everything that is within your hands, you have a choice with. You can surround yourself with all the things that you like, that make you happy, that that fill your mouth, that you can watch, that you can sit on, that you can enjoy. And I don't, I'm not knocking any of those things. I think that we ought to enjoy life, right? Isn't that what 3 John 2 tells us? But again, are we finding ourselves looking for our own interests first or are we looking at the finances we have, the skills we have, and how we can better serve the kingdom of God? There are many of you that have skills and abilities that you could bless the church with. A lot of you do. And some of it is just time. Sometimes all God needs, somebody said, well, I don't have any great skills or ability. Hey, listen, can you do this? You can, you can, you can move a vacuum, Right? Does this church, do you guys think that this church vacuums itself? It doesn't. (laughs) You know, it doesn't, the grass doesn't mow itself. Walls don't get painted by themselves. What I'm trying to say is that's just one aspect. So when someone says, well, what gifts and abilities do I have? Well, I got two hands, I got a brain between two ears, I got two eyes and a tongue and a nose, and I got an arm that can do that. So, you can be a blessing. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't, you look for opportunities in your life that you can be a steward, that God can use you. Some people are just flat out lazy. God gives them witty ideas, but they never go anywhere with them, they never do anything with them. They have great ideas, God bless them, but they're not doing anything. That's not being a good steward. Now, every single one of us would have to look at each individual area of our life and judge you with the Lord. How am I doing? How am I doing handling my finances? Remember when I said last week, okay, everybody reach over to the person next to you and grab their wallet, and I want you to give big. And what everybody agree on, well, it'd be easy to do that then. (laughs) I'll give you all their money away. You know Why? It's not my money. Well, neither is the money in your wallet. See, how many times have you said this? You open your checkbook before you do anything else, First thing should be what? What's the first thing we should write? Check. The tithe. Why? The tithe is holy. It belongs to the... Lord. Right off the top, I'm, I'm tithing. After that, Lord, is there anything else you would like me to do? But very few people actually consider asking him. You know what? He might actually say something. Of course, I think that's what some people are concerned about. I'm hoping he won't say anything, so I'm not going to ask. But what if the Lord says, well, you know what? I would like to... Do this and thus and so. See, that's being a good steward. I'm letting God in. It, let me ask you this. Uh, don't raise your hand. You ready? You ready for this one? Is Jesus Lord over your life? Don't answer that question. Don't even nod. Is Jesus Lord over your life. I'm going to ask again. I really want you to think about those words. I'm not talking about just your spiritual life now. Is Jesus Lord over your life? Every part of your life. That means what? I let Him on in on everything. He gets say in everything I do. He gets a say in how I spend my money. He gets a say in what I watch. He gets a say in what I read. He gets a say in what I listen to. He gets a say in how I spend my money. He gets a say in how I use my time. But see, a lot of Christians... Like Jesus is saying, they they don't don't consider that. They just kind of float through it and think, praise God, I love the Lord. And I honor Him and I bless Him in my own way. But see, is that really, is He Lord over your life? Because if He's Lord, what does Lord mean? He's Master. I bow my knee before Him. He is Lord. That means He's, listen to me, everybody say it with me, He's the boss of me okay? He's the boss of me. But you know that you can live your life and you can say that, but never bow your knee. Never give him room in anything. Why? Because he won't force you to do anything. Isn't he an awesome boss? He won't force you to do anything. He wants to do great things in our life, but he will not force us to do anything. He is such a good God. He's got such great expectations, great things he wants to do in our lives. But again, We still have to what? Bow a knee. We still have to yield. You know, we have to yield in every area of our life. We have to allow Him to move in our life. And shouldn't He have that saying again? If we are good stewards, if He can trust us with our time, with our finances, with our talent, and we lay it before Him and we do what He asks us to do, and He can bless others through you. See, that's, remember, listen, remember that, listen carefully again stewardship is the act of organizing your life so that God can spend you if God can spend you effectively do you think he'll put more in your hands because you're doing more he can trust you but you know what let's get down to the nitty-gritty okay look with me in your bibles real quick to Luke chapter 16 real fast Luke 16 and I want to get right down to the nitty-gritty because this is where it all comes out. How many would like more stuff in your life? More money coming through, right? More, more, more everything in your life. Well, this is the key. Luke 16, and this is after he gave that story, starting with verse 10. He says this, Jesus speaking, and he says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. So what is he saying? If he's faithful in the little bit that he has, he'll be faithful with much. But notice what he says. And he who is unjust, or we could say unfaithful in what is least, is unjust or unfaithful also in much. So what is he look at me real quickly? What is he saying? He's saying that if he is faithful, if the steward is faithful in just the littlest thing, then he will be faithful with great big things. But if you can't be faithful with a dollar, don't you think for one second you'll be faithful with a million? And that's it. That, isn't that a principle that even in the world makes sense? Right? I mean, if somebody says, well, I can be trusted with billions. Man, if you can't handle $10, then you can't handle billions. But Jesus is saying, if you can be trusted, if you're faithful with even the smallest thing, You know, if somebody's car, like you heard me, is a junker, but you keep it clean, you get the oil changes, you know what I'm saying? You take care of that thing. You can be trusted with a Rolls Royce. But (laughs) if you can't take care of that little clunker, then don't think you can take care of something else. Isn't that wisdom that you would love to give to somebody who is absolutely broke and won $200 $200 million on the lottery. That's how it destroys their life. How does it destroy their life? They weren't even faithful with the few bucks they were making. And so when the $200 million came in, it destroyed them. I'm telling you guys, I don't know about you, but I want to be, listen to me, I want to be faithful in much. So what that means is i got to be faithful with the little I have to take good care of and go the extra mile with what I have. Now, let's continue reading. Luke 16, verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that's talking about money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? See what he's saying? Jesus is saying, if you can't handle money, how are you going to handle spiritual things? There are people saying, I'm called to ministry. I'm called to do this for the Lord. I'm called. If you can't handle money, if you can't be a good steward of just the most basic things in life, how in the world are you going to lead other people? He's saying, spiritually speaking, you're not ready. You're not ready. And There's a lot of people right out of Bible school. Man, they flew out of Bible school. Yes, Will and other people I know, right out of Bible school, failed miserably miserably. I got a call of God. I got this man. I got fire in my bones. And they were just all this and that. But man, they could barely pay their own bills. They could barely believe God for just the basic necessities of life, let alone take care of those things. And guess what? What is Jesus saying? Therefore, if you've not been faithful, with just handling earthly things, just money. And that's what he's calling it. Just money. How are you going to handle the true riches? The verse 12 And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? What does that mean? That means if you're not faithful with your boss, if you're not faithful with whoever authority has been placed over you, if you're not faithful to your pastor whom God placed in your life, if you're not faithful in what is another man's, then who's going to give you that of your own? You think Jesus would violate his own word? Think about it. He said, who would give you what is your own? So in other words, what he's saying is if you're faithful even with what is another man's, then God will bless you. Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon means money. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. There are so many Christians out there serving money. They're serving money for money's sake. And that we're not. I'm telling you what, it's a totally uh, different mindset to look at God as my source and I'm going to be a good steward. What he put in my hand and I'm serving God. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and what's important to God and all these other things will be added to me than me serving money. You know? I've heard this before, and, and listen, money is a great slave but a terrible master. I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is something that can be used to get what needs to be done, but it's terrible when it's the boss. You cannot serve God in money. So I want you to see here tonight, I want you to leave with the principle of good stewardship. We understand, as I mentioned, that all things belong to God. And if we'll be good, faithful stewards, that means we get right down where we live in every area. We're not talking about just money. We're talking about time, our talent, our thoughts, what our hands can do, everything in life. If we get all the way down to it, and we're faithful in what God has placed in our hands, we've gone that extra mile. We worked hard to make sure that what God put in our hands was stretched as far as it could go it did as much as it could go, then God is going to add to that person. He is going to make sure and amp up the responsibility and authority. But go, what goes along with responsibility and authority is a higher degree of blessing. And see, God will keep on amping that up as long as that's where they're at. Why? They're not serving money. They're serving Him. They're making Him the priority in their life. Our being a good steward over the finances that we have, puts us in a position for greater things. In other words, eternal things, spiritual things. So be faithful every area of your life, at home, at work, whatever is in your hands, even on the tiniest level. Ask the Lord to open your eyes to see the areas of stewardship that you might even be flying by and not even they're not even on the radar. I'm not even thinking about that. But yet it's important to the Lord. And I, I, I want to hit this note real fast before I end. And this is a part of my life that when Jesus said, and this is not the only way we could look at it, but it's one way, Jesus said, if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, then who would give you your own? Why would God give you your own, for example, if you've not been faithful in another man's? Well, the Lord had called me into the ministry and I knew when I was young, and I believe I had, man, I'll tell you what, you should have seen me at 17, 18, man. I was just a big ball of fire. And I believed I had grand ambitions and these things that God would do in my life. But God had to get some things in my life straightened out. He had to give me a testimony worthwhile. He had to, there's things that I needed to prove to him, that I needed to show him, so that he, see, the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will exalt you. Not you exalt yourself, he will exalt you. Okay? He puts you in that. Well, I was faithful to another man. See, I was faithful to what God put in His hand because to be honest with you, I didn't have any specific vision of my own. I just knew I wanted to go into ministry. I wanted to serve God. I wanted to honor Him. I wanted to give the Lord my life. And so I didn't know how to do that other than lay my life down to help someone else do what God called them to do. And in doing that, listen to me carefully, there came a day in my life after many, many years. Everybody say many years. It wasn't four or five. We're talking 20-something years of me laying my life down. Now, I watched great many people go to the ministry, but I also watched the majority of them fail because they didn't do the route I did. They decided to do things on their own and make things happen on their own. And in that situation, guess what? God just said, well, I'll do the best I can with them. But they're... what I'm talking about here is this is what Jesus said. If you have not been faithful with what another man's is, who would give your own? There finally came a day where the Lord spoke to me and it was about this ministry. I was working for another minister full time at that point, And as I was there, the Lord spoke to me and He told me that I'm about to give you what is another man's. And I'm just going to hand it to you. And it was that simple. But see... What got me to that point? I was faithful to what belonged to another man. I was faithful. And God just handed it to me. I mean, so supernaturally, it's just um, just hard for me to understand. But guess what? (laughs) Did I have to be a faithful steward of what was handed me? Now, there's a few of you around, very few, Joe and uh, Cindy, pretty much it. Yeah, yeah in this room right now that were around when I first came around. Have you guys seen a few changes? Now, would you say I've been faithful? I mean, in other words, I'm not bragging on me, guys. I'm not bragging. Where did I learn all this? I learned it from helping someone else. You understand what I'm saying? I learned it from helping someone else. You see this throughout the Word of God. That is the pattern in how God works. You help someone else and then God will give you your own. Somewhere the equipping has to come, and the things I needed. Well, I remember the day before we were going to have our board meeting that technically speaking they would say, okay, he is now the the pastor and CEO of Hillcrest Christian Fellowship. And I sat in outside, um, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> I sat outside Mardell's in Tulsa, and I went and bought a book on pastoring. <laughs> Brother (laughs) book, And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Make a speed reading course out of this thing, you know? I don't know what I was thinking. But I sat in the car and I said, Lord, why me? Why me? Why are you putting me in this position and in this situation and in that significant issue? Because if you saw things at that point with just a few people and very little resources and everything falling apart and the whole everything I saw... And this is what the Lord said, because I can trust you. That's what he said, because I can trust you. And it gave me such a confidence. I said, well, if the Lord can trust me, I'll be okay. And so we got up and I went from there. And I remember in the board meeting, the gentleman who was president, who was about to hand the reins over, looked across from me and he said, I don't know what is wrong with you that you'd want to take this thing. Because of the situation it was in and how bad things were. And I just looked at him and I just said, because I can see things you can't see. And that's because the Lord, again, put things in my heart regarding it. And man, we're not even scratching the surface of what I believe the Lord's got planned for us. We've just been doing things and preparing and getting to go that direction. We're we're about to go hyperspeed. I'm serious, guys. And so I want to encourage you. To be a good steward of the resources God put in your hands. Be actively, energetically pursuing the kingdom of God. Don't just think, ah, I'm okay. Don't be that kind of Christian. Think of all that Jesus did for you and stir yourself up. Amen?